0: Um LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of Don't Go to the Phones. Uh, we have many people waiting online, and we will not be taking any of their calls. Uh, <laughs> my, my name is Matt Daring, uh, and I'm Trevor Strunk. Hey, everybody. Um, so uh, this week, I think we're going to talk about process and the emphasis of process over results, and uh, we're going to we're going to walk that fine line again where we don't we try not to be a call out show. But uh, before we sort of get into that. Um, and before we just start stepping all over the rights to Ricky Sanchez's toes, uh, and Spike and Mike do great stuff and we could never hope to, you know, talk about the process as much as they do, but...
1: No, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the gold standard right yeah, there. Yeah, that's
0: the, that's the butter that, that butters, uh, Ricky Sanchez's bread, so... That's, um, that's right. hmm <laughs> But, uh, I guess before we get started, um, we've been gone for about a week and a half now and a lot's happened, but, um, I guess, uh, one of the big things that came up this week was, uh... Uh, yesterday, um, the GM of the Arizona Cardinals uh, alluded to something of the fact that uh, he wished he'd had the balls to draft Russell Wilson or something like that. And, right. and never mind that Russell Wilson got picked before Arizona did uh, in that third round. I guess he sort of was talking about uh, how he wanted to draft in the second round there. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the trying to pull up some of the quotes there, but um
1: Well you know what's really amazing about that? Like that it's just like it's so brave of him because no GM has ever uh, admitted that he wanted to draft Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard a GM ever say that. Um none have ever implied it. Um and you know, actually you never hear a GM say that they wish they had drafted a good quarterback. I mean it's just like Yeah. They're usually very tight lipped
0: about it. Most of the time they're like, I wish I'd gotten a slightly better guard there in the fifth. You know, I sort of look back on that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I so I, I guess it's not. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, that's so that's the point is well taken that it isn't all that interesting. Uh, I guess it sort of reminds me. And here we're going to tread back into Sixers territory for a minute. But uh, the interview that Sam Hinkie gave just before he quit, uh, he was talking to Zach Lowe, and he was saying that um, I think he was sort of indirectly calling out Danny Ainge, him of the smile, and saying oh. <laughs> saying that um, Danny Ainge had given some uh, some interview where he said that like his top three players and uh, 2011 or whatever it was, was, like, some guy, some bad guy, and then Draymond Green. And, um, <laughs> and like, basically everybody, like, just sort of as, you know, Draymond Green pretty famously was drafted late, you know, 35th pick or something like that, you know, very right. very late in the NBA draft. And uh, a lot of guys missed on it. You know, now he's one of the best players in the NBA. And so uh, a lot of guys live to bring it up. Like, oh, uh, you know, I was gonna, but, like, I just <laughs> found this, like, other – like Slavic guy who never set foot in America in his entire <laughs> yeah. career and never will. I just I would have drafted or, Draymond
1: Green, except I had to get Devan Porschik or something right, like that. Right? Yeah.
0: Or I mean, I I I don't even want to pile on by going and looking at all the crappy players, but you know, needless to say, that's a bunch of BS. That this is right. not a uh, this is not the sort of thing that was actually true, but it is the sort of thing that it's easy for you to say um and it's and it's fine you know and then I guess depending on whether or not people think you're good they'll be like oh you know Danny Ainge smart as he was he really identified you know Draymond Green but unfortunately he just found uh you know Fab Mata to be or, you know, who was it <laughs> Fa- Fab Mello uh I don't know whatever Whoever, you know he found somebody else oh to the be Syracuse so, guy yeah he yeah, found somebody else to be just such a compelling talent that he couldn't take Draymond and meanwhile you know Draymond's good so you know, nobody ever wants to own up and say they missed it I guess in a lot of ways but um, so Steve Kime sort of says uh, yeah I, I missed it but I got a kick out of this from Doug Ferrar, who I in general have a very high opinion of but Doug Ferrar busted out this Bob he said one good reason that Kime is a good personal executive is that he learns from his mistakes and remembers the big ones and all I could think is Jesus Christ these are adults you are describing adults <laughs> <laughs> you are describing a man who learns from his mistakes good for him I should hope that you know that's that seems to me to be more bare minimum than like some sort of admirable quality. I mean, these are adults, and so I, I fired off a couple of tweets about you know Steve was nervous and and as he filled out the draft card, but he was confident that he knew even if he messed it up, he'd learn from it. Like I don't think.
1: But that... <laughs> well, it's, it's just so funny because it's you know I mean you, you'd almost like it, it should be you know. Dog bites man. To have like a you know, up oh, we missed on, <laughs> we missed on Russell Wilson or we missed on Randy Moss or whatever, like whatever year it is, someone misses on someone, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And like I'm sure there's a lot of armchair GMs saying like, well, you know what, the Eagles should have taken Lyle Collins in the second round or whatever. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of regular GMs who are annoyed they didn't. But like you know, it it really should be dog bites man, and yet we give these people such credit for acknowledging their big mistakes. Like I wish they would. It would be actually interesting for me to hear someone like Time say, like, yeah, we missed out on Wilson. That was obviously a big one. But, like, I'm actually annoyed, like, in such and such round. I picked, like, we could have gotten, you know, X contributor uh, or something like that. Yeah. Like, actually sort of a small-scale mistake that might inform some quality as opposed to I wish we got the all-star QB.
0: Right. And And, I mean, I guess it's easy for them to say because they sort of uh the, the cardinals in particular sort of specialize in taking these you know square peg types like Tyron matthew and dm buchanan and stuff like that but um right the um i guess the interesting thing to me i would have been to be like all right yeah i messed up on russell wilson and like here's why right. i didn't want him and uh, and don't just say he's short you know, say you sort of felt like he, there was like a fifty-eight percent chance that he could be leading a cult in four years or something like that. You know, something substantive, and then say like, and here's but, what I. But I've you le- know, here's what I've learned from it. Other than like, don't do that again.
1: You know, he is short though. <laughs> yeah, and I know. He's Have you short. heard
0: that? Yeah, and I know that he's in a cult. So, I well, yeah, know no,
1: that too. Oh, uh, no, you know, he's he's in one of the acceptable ones. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, the the aqua bubbles slash no sex cult. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. The Bubble is the much more I concerning just, one. I just
0: couldn't believe it that you know you're just like oh I, I got this this elaborate fantasy about this amazing superhero uh, his name is Steve Kime and his superpower is he learns from his mistakes. <laughs> 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 I, you know it's it's
1: it's yeah I, it just like I don't know like I don't I don't really understand um, I'm just trying to think of like what bothers me so much about this and I think like the main thing that bothers me so much about it is it's so easy to get credit for it. Like it, you know, and I think back to like someone like Howie Roseman who Mm -hmm. has done a lot of stuff that, you know, does not cover him in glory. Um, Russell Wilson, not drafting Russell Wilson is actually one of those, like the famous story that Howie Roseman, like, you know, got a text from Russell Wilson or whatever um, true or otherwise. Uh, But I feel like there are certain guys like Roseman who, even when they do good things, you get, sort of um a lot of call outs on them like well i could have done that or that was just an obvious thing or like We're, right. we haven't he hasn't proven anything um and his mistakes are harped upon whereas someone like Kime it's like yep i made that mistake and people are like you know what this guy gets it like, he yeah. just he gets it he made a big mistake and you know what that gives me a lot of confidence in him well,
0: right yeah you made a big mistake and he publicly said it you know recently um i i guess this is part of the whole trading access for for praise and um I guess right. this is a subject for another day, but I do think it's interesting how everybody's got their own sort of system of trading access for praise. And um, the, uh, the the Cardinals in particular are, like, very good at sort of cultivating this sort of thing. So if Steve Keim is, is like, trading out out there, trading, you know, very bland, obvious mea culpas for praise, you know, by the <laughs> same token, Bruce Arians is out there being like, yeah, this guy is a piece of trash. And, you know, that's his sort of that's his sort of thing. But anyway, we're getting way off topic. Uh, I, we just need
1: to have a we need to have a monthly Bruce Arians podcast, Bruce
0: Arians podcast.
1: sponsored by Kangle.
0: <laughs> sponsored by Kangle and, and uh, depends and diapers. Yeah. Anyway, and Temple University. Temple yeah. Tough. <laughs> um, so I, um, so I think this week we were going to get to there was a lot of talk about um. Uh, I think that this might have started off with the Carson Wentz injury, actually. Where yeah,
1: uh, and then immediately right after that, into the um, Dorial Green Beckham sign or uh, uh, trade.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so there was this sort of emphasis where people, I guess, I guess I'm always kind of frustrated because um, there's a lot of, I don't want to say thoughtlessness, but sort of like things that are you know vacuously true or or self-evident, you know, kind of things where it's just like, oh gosh, I, I, you know, I wish he was better you know like right. like that sort of thing and and then you know it sort of becomes this kind of um uh post hoc ergo prompter hoc, you know thing where you say like look well, if the results sucked then the process must suck and i and i look i know that the, if the results sucked then the process the process you know it's likely that it sucks too but you know there are there are like these tiered sort of outcomes for things and so so a lot of times we see these outcomes and we're just like hey, right, what, what the hell are they doing over there? Like, do they even have a reason for this? And right. then, you know, they come out and they say, well, he had this reason, and here it was, and, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out. And people are like, well, yeah, obviously, and I don't want to hear your damn reasons, and uh, I don't know, oh, <laughs> great, this character. So, oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. They let him play. Oh, great. And, oh, great. And then he got hurt. What's he doing? <laughs>
1: Whereas if they took him out in the third quarter, they'd be like, oh, great, he's soft. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Uh, another QB you can't last pat the third quarter
0: yeah low throw make a blow so um... <laughs> well you
1: know it's funny like there's a it's an interesting thing it happens a lot in baseball where like um results and process are just these like two totally different things um and, and it feels more organic in baseball because of course you draft someone in the first round even like so the Phillies drafted Mickey Moniac and Moniac could be a fast riser he's like a you know a very polished toolsy guy Um, which is rare. I mean, that's why they picked him. He could be a five-tool guy. Um, And, you know, maybe he'll rise up through the minors fast, but we probably won't see him until, I don't know, 2018.
0: Yeah, especially Um, because he's 18 years
1: old. Yeah, right, exactly. It'll be amazing if we see him by 2018. Um, And that's, you know, all around baseball. It's not just the Phillies. Um, So in a lot of ways, you have to sort of understand there's a process underlying the whole thing. Um, But... There's also like over the over the years you can start to determine if a process works or not, so you know for years under um uh, uh, uh proofrock uh, scott scott proofrock um the Phillies uh drafted toolsy players uh very very toolsy players like like your Don Browns right? right who generally got football scholarships too um and couldn't play baseball really, and you're just like, well, look like they have everything except the ability to play baseball. Let's see if they can figure that out. <laughs> and, and you look at that as a process, and you say, like, well, all right, like I see what you're doing there. Let's see if that works. And over the years, it just turned out it didn't work. So they, you know, fired that that group of people and tried a different process, and it seems to be working a little better. Um, but I sort of, you know, in baseball, that that's how it works. You rarely fire someone because one of their prospects doesn't work out immediately yeah um, you look at their whole process but in football it seems like totally different right because you expect these people to contribute immediately and you start saying like uh-oh you know what the results are bad he's on the hot seat
0: yeah and i i guess i think it's interesting that um w- when a guy does get fired we sort of think like oh it's self-evident and like we shouldn't have uh we shouldn't have even tried it you know and why not well <laughs> right because he got fired for it, it Okay, yeah, I mean, fair, fair enough, I guess, but I don't really think that, like, you know, he wasn't visited by three ghosts, you know, when he first got this job, and <laughs> they, they warned him, like, this is this isn't what happened. So, so the um,
1: Chip Kelly gets visited by the ghost of the Forty Nineers future or something
0: yeah, like that. Oh, you will, <laughs> Blaine Gabbert, and he's rattling some chains at him. So I don't know. Um, so, so I think that um look i think this is what it boils down to there's not like a right way to do things there is not there is not right. one right way to do things um and it's easy enough to look at like and i guess i don't really find it interesting to be like is watching sports like a thumbs up thumbs down proposition um is anything about sports a thumbs up thumbs down proposition and i think most people would say. I, mean, I guess of... like go ahead
1: Oh, I was going to say, I guess, like, watching the game is, right? Like, if you're yeah. sort of, like, enjoying a game or not enjoying a game, that's the one moment where I'm just like, yeah, thumbs up or boo, thumbs yeah, down. I
0: think even that, that's, like, a threshold, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, things enough. happen where you're just like, ah, thumbs down. So, I don't know. Swipe left, <laughs> swipe right. I think that's what people do. Uh, anyway, so we... Um,
1: did. Uh, are we, are we like, are we a millennial podcast or are we do uh-huh. Tinder? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. So, if your process <laughs> is on fleek... No, boy, God, no. Uh, so, so, there's not, like, a right way to do things. In other words, there's not right. like a, uh, a, you know, there's not a good and a bad way. You know, lots of people borrow ideas from each other and those ideas can be good. But I don't think anybody, you know, you could set out tomorrow to build, uh, let's say the Cardinals. Or let's say we're going to build the, um, uh, let's say we're going to build the... Um, uh, the Patriots, or the Patriots, yeah, the Seahawks, whatever, or, or the Seahawks, you know, somebody like that. We we could set out to build tomorrow, and we could hire everybody who works at the Seahawks here, you know, and we could steal all of their information. <laughs> the BG and Radio. We, we could, right? You know, so you know, the Eagles say, you know, they could right. be like tomorrow we're going to be the Seahawks, and they could bring everything they possibly could about the Seahawks. But you know, it's impossible to recreate this sort of thing. There's just too much going on, um, and you know, you might argue with me about. You know, other sports, it might be different. You know, if you bring the Cardinals scouting or if you bring um, the Giants pitching or I don't know, whatever, you know, these
1: these sorts of things that that you sort of you're talking more about coaching than 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 sort of like front office. Yeah.
0: And even then, I think that coaching is like sort of a confluence of coaching and players. But sure. Yeah. because I mean, I'm sure that there are some coaches who have no idea how to coach some players. And they, I bet a lot of coaches wake up in the morning and think, like, oh, thank God I don't have to coach that guy because I just did not know what to Yeah, say to sure. Him. And so. Um, But but so so there's a lot of different things going on and you can borrow ideas, but I don't think you can borrow an organization. I don't think you can borrow a like a, you know, maybe you could try to borrow a philosophy, but I don't think you could borrow everything that you needed to to try to recreate this. So there's no one right way. All you really have as a proxy are, you know, things like wins, things like points, things like a certain player, you know, stuff like that. And so people get really focused on this. And I guess it sort of bums me out because um, I, I, I think in the end it just discourages anybody from really doing anything all that different.
1: Well, there's, I think there's two reasons. Like, So I, I think I disagree a little bit with you in terms of process and results, um, if only because I think if you sort of say like there's no good way to build, a, build the same team, it throws too much to luck. Um, although I don't think that's necessarily what you're saying also, like, or what you're intending to say. Um, I think there's two things that, two reasons that it's like basically impossible to copy someone in the NFL, even though, you know, as, as maybe, you know, this is pretty insider information, but maybe you've heard it before. The NFL is a copycat league. Uh Uh I don't know if you've heard that before, but, uh, it's just something that I've heard from my sources. Uh, but you know, there, there's, there's reasons, and I think two main reasons you can't copycat in the NFL, and the one is because it's such a closed market. So if every, if all 30 teams had the same draft board... Um, 32. It, yeah, sorry, 32. Yeah. Um, I'm still in baseball. <laughs> um, if all 32 teams had the same draft board, uh, you would never get any value on your on your players. You would have just like a constant sort of revolving door. You would have pure parity. Um And, of course, it isn't pure parity. They can't possibly have the same draft boards because they scout people differently and they value different things differently. Um, And the reason they do it is because, like, okay, if I have the same exact player at 32 as the Patriots do, I know I can't get them. So what's the point of even putting together my draft board? Right. Um, We'll just all draft the same people. We'll simulate the draft and move on to the season. Um, And, of course, that that isn't the case. You know, if you have a limited market or sort of a market that is so limited, you have to try and think differently on some level. Um, even if you don't think like, even if you don't think radically differently. Um, and I think the other reason is because like process is super important and, and maybe even the only thing that's important in terms of being a GM, obviously, you know, contracts are really important and, uh, and trades and stuff like that. So it can't be the only thing, but in terms of choosing players, I think process might be the only thing that's important. Um, and in terms of process, you're counting on basically 70% of your own work and 30% luck.
0: Yeah, um, and and I, there are, like, well, you know, sort of documented reasons why even the human element can sort of interfere with this process. Um, yeah. I think the best example I found was this uh, this anonymous scout uh, phenomenon. Oh boy. You, you know what I'm talking about? It's not, like, one particular anonymous scout, but every year— I love ra- the
1: anonymous scout.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, every year around draft time. You know, like five or six of these guys walk out, get out there and, uh, you know, like I know Tony Pauline's really into it and a few other guys, you know, they just have the phone numbers of a couple of scouts who've been around for a while and have some ideas. And um, I think it was Mike Tannier. I don't know. I don't want to say, but it was somebody um, I'm pretty sure it was for Sports on Earth. And they basically wrote that the anonymous scout, the reason that the anonymous scout exists is because GMs are blockheads. And that—I mean—that was basically the gist of it. They said, "Like, look, what do you do? So say, so imagine for a minute that like you had a job and your boss just didn't listen to you. What would you do? You know, you might go to your boss's boss, or you might try to like talk to some of your coworkers to try to get them on board. But then, what what happens if you don't do that? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You leave work at lunch and go get a beer and bitch to the bartender, right? Like that's right. And that's what the anonymous yeah. scout is. Is the anonymous scout is just like. Oh man, I got this kid, and I just think he's like a star in the making. And my boss doesn't care because he's six foot three instead of six foot five, or you know, because he's one hundred and you know, one hundred eighty pounds instead of one hundred ninety five pounds, or you know, whatever. Like my boss doesn't care. And that I mean, for some reason, it's
1: sort. No, it's like super interesting because like the you know that it starts to explain why some of that anonymous scout stuff really pans out and some doesn't, right? Yeah. Because if you think about like bartender bitching, it's basically like. You know, half the time it's some idiot whose boss is right, and half of the time <laughs> it's someone who really does have a, a, an actual complaint. And maybe yeah. you're not – maybe, like, maybe you skew it more towards the idiot who isn't right. But, like, that's why, you know, it's the same It's the same sort of anonymous scouts who say that Vernon Adams is the top QB on their board um, versus, like, you know, I think there's something special about this Arian Foster kid or whatever. Right. Like, some, and, and, like – they aren't the same scouts they're totally different scouts they're just the only common denominators they're mad at their boss
0: and it's funny too because like i said people love access you know not just media types but like especially for this like fans love that and this is how you get like names in the draft right you get like these guys with a lot of name recognition and i get a kick (laughs) out i get a kick out of this on my own because i think that um just having name recognition people get like a name and round, and they just stick with that. And it's like, Oh, I think this guy's incredible. Definitely would spend a third round pick on him. Like, no, if you think he's incredible, you probably spend more than a third round pick on him. Uh, but anyway, like you'd
1: spend a second round pick on him because, well, and that's the other thing, right? Cause right. like the luck is mitigated. And this is the same thing. Like the luck is mitigated one way or the other by risk. Um, and all the people who want to act like they're like, you know, King reason, online about like draft prospects and this is really happens with the Wentz thing where they're just like you know it just doesn't stand a reason that you'd you know you look back and do research on you know trades up to get quarterbacks and it doesn't save the picks um right and you want to say like okay look like the what you're missing is that this is a market um like it or not and you know i don't like the market but i know how it works um and it, markets rely on risk and so you say okay like the luck you have is mitigated one way or the other by risk so you're even like you do this obviously in baseball but you do it in football like and it's even more important you're drafting for ceiling and floor and so like Mm -hmm. yeah Wentz is a risk but the point of making a risky draft pick is that maybe he'll have an extremely high ceiling and reward you the point about making a draft pick with like a high floor talking about like this guy is NFL ready or something like that yeah, that's great if you get them in the second round or the first round or whatever, but you're mitigating for risk at that point. Um, so it's not going to be as much of a home run if you actually hit it.
0: Yeah, and so I, I guess it's sort of funny to... If I had to sum it up, I would say that um, it's very strange to me that people think that, like, these guys literally have no idea what they're doing. Um, I, think, <laughs> right. I think I think that, to me, is the funniest thing because, like I said, I mean, these are adults. These are serious adults. They're not superheroes. They are not, like, um, you know, they're not some, like guy who you're going to like really admire is uh, they're not spiritual leaders, but they are like, they are like adults who do, you know, mostly smart things uh, most of the time. And I guess, I guess there are some people who consistently do dumb things, but anyway, you know, shouts a, to Jeff Fisher. But, shouts um, to Jeff
1: Fisher. That guy, <laughs> that guy is very mediocre,
0: but um, right. So, so I, I guess it's funny that people are just like, Oh, like trash the process. Like, what are they even thinking? Like, I don't know. I'm not really party to what they know they're thinking sometimes they'll tell you um yeah. i don't think that there's like a low percentage that what they tell you is actually what they're thinking but you know you can sort of suss that out and so if you're criticizing the results i don't really think that that's you're not really seeing the forest for the trees you know you're just sort of thinking uh well you know, god he sucks like uh shouldn't have shouldn't have drafted him and that, that's true you know if you got a sucky player then you shouldn't have drafted him that's that's true, right. but you yeah, hindsight. people get fired
1: for that, Yeah. Right. I mean,
0: you're not going to you on the internet aren't going to get fired for it, right? And like the other the
1: other problem with it is like imagining, um, and I'm not calling anyone particular out. It's going to seem like I'm. I'll actually say who it's going to seem like I'm subtweeting, so it's clear I'm not. But it's going to seem like I'm subtweeting our colleague Ben Natan. Uh, and I'm don't not. say that. Don't say that. I'm not. I'm not subtweeting him. Right. Um, I'm, no, really, I'm not. Like, a lot of people do this. Um, and, yeah. and he is actually, I think, actually, Ben's recent coverage of Wentz, um, he clearly is not, like, a fan of the player, but his sort of coverage of his first preseason game I thought was actually um, pretty smart because he sort of said, like, yeah, like, all the things I don't like about him were there, but there was good stuff, too. that, And, and in fact, like, nothing unexpected came up. And I thought that was a good insight. Um, so I've actually liked Ben's coverage of the preseason. I have nothing against it. Um but the, a lot of people get mad because, like, players who aren't on their various lists, right, on their mock drafts or on their sort of, like, preseason, you know, top 100 prospects or whatever aren't getting drafted by particular teams or their team. Or they get real high on some front office because they're drafting all the people on their top 100 prospects. Right. And right. it it strikes me that, like when you get into that kind of bubble where you're like so obsessed with your own process that you avoid, the, like you completely ignore the fact that like other people have different processes. Yeah. Then it's just, I mean, it's just madness. Like it's just, like all you're just getting mad because people aren't agreeing with you. That listening
0: like, to you. Somebody who have never met never will.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, why aren't you reading my blog? Like uh Pete Carroll doesn't read my blog. Well, he deserves to lose in the, <laughs> the NFC championship. Like, I,
0: yeah. I, and, I, and the best was that, um, well, actually, this, this will segue nicely. Uh, the best was when they found out that, um, speaking of people reading people's blogs. uh Ooh, all they, right. they found out that the Jaguars did read a blog. And do you remember what that blog was? Was it bleedinggearingnation.com? It was. It was bleeding Green. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, the, the Jags apparently had contracted um, pro football focus to do some work for them. And oh, okay. In particular, they found like a couple of things. And a few of those things leaked out there. And, and it, got, like, it got like totally blown up. And it was made all the funnier by the fact that the Jags suck so yeah sure you know i know mean, uh, gotta yes. like what they're building down there though well you, you kinda like that guy's the builder um, can we build yeah, that's it right, that's right that's it yeah yes we can um thanks dad so um the, the uh the so the um yeah so so it turns out that like you know sometimes these guys do look at this stuff but like oh if you don't like it you know that's another thing and and i guess um draft twitter's got their own kind of pet things but you know that I guess we've been focused on the draft a lot because that's how um, that's where it's sort of easiest to talk about. But
1: yeah, and uh, there aren't there aren't games yet, so it's very difficult. I mean, they're preseason games, but right. the results literally don't matter. So it's like it's very difficult to talk about results and process when you don't actually have a series of games to watch. Uh,
0: yeah, and so so I guess if we had to circle back, I think we should circle back to the uh, decision to play Carson Wentz um, there late into the fourth quarter, which uh, resulted in him getting hurt there late in the fourth quarter. Um, right, and so. So people got mad. Um, I think, people uh, real mad. I think, uh, I think our own sort of, uh, our own John Barchard said something to that effect of like, well, what, you know, why the heck did you leave him, a- leave him in? And I guess that's sort of that a real me. hothead. Do you yeah. know that John Barchard? Well, no, hothead. I mean, obviously that's not who John is, but I mean, I, g- I guess that's sort of, I disavow me. him. <laughs> John, you were not coming to my birthday. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, no, but I thought that, uh, I thought that, the, you know, the process was fine. There's this kid, and, you know, we're already worried about playing time for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, like, going to leave him in. And then, you know, Mike F. Smith calls a safety blitz here The five minutes left. What, just in case he wants to see how right. that safety can blitz, I guess. You know, he wants to get a yes. sense of his safeties and and who, which of them can blitz. Like, no, you want to get a sense of whether the safety can play special teams. That's why he's here. That's why he's playing in the fourth quarter. But right, yeah. anyway, that, so no, that, that kind never of annoyed blitzing. me. They, they called some like some weird stuff and sent him. And, and Wentz got hurt. I think that was when he got hurt. But anyway,
1: he got hurt behind a makeshift. I mean, the the, the and a lot of the a lot of the outrage was he was behind a makeshift. O-line, o- like you would be behind whereas, a bunch of rookies and UDFAs.
0: Yeah, whereas if he were playing in Dallas, he'd be behind seven Hall of Famers. I don't know. Anyway, um...
1: Well, you know what? Even their fourth string, all Hall of Famers.
0: Really good. Um, yeah. yeah so, so, anyway, so we, um, You
1: get that many first-round picks, my friend. <laughs> you should just draft all guards.
0: Man, that, that, to me, that's some fan fiction right there, the whole first-round
1: anyway, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a whole show on that.
0: Yeah, um... So we, um... You know, there was this decision, and, and this, I think, was the process, right? So mm-hmm. let's define our terms really fast. The process was, we need to get Wentz some snaps. How about now? And the results were Wentz got some snaps. Wentz looked good. We got excited. Um, a few days go by. Uh, Wentz got a cracked rib. Right. And that's not good. I mean, he got hurt. That's bad. Uh, I'm not particularly pleased that he got hurt. But um, Pretty messed up if
1: you're pleased he got hurt. Yeah,
0: but, but, I mean, he did get the experience that he needed uh he got to see some things we got to see some things i mean there was right. like a, a lot of like sort of smiling faces about it and then as soon as we found out that because because the results you know were cool we got to see this guy i'm excited i can't wait to see him put him in now coach etc etc as soon as we found out that he broke his ribs it was like doug what the hell are you doing buddy you know yeah right what what were you thinking like playing football playing football you know and and i get it uh you know he did he did look a little hectored there uh especially think at the lower levels of these rosters it's a lot easier for the defensive line to get an upper edge on the offensive line sure Um, i think most people would would you're talking size
1: versus size at that point and eh, right size or or
0: or burst or whatever and a lot of the offensive line and like the center was from maine you know you think think he sees a lot of like nfl type players and up in maine so um, I can't
1: believe you would disparage the great university
0: of Maine. Jesus am crow. Um, that's amazing. This is, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so, yeah. But so, I mean, so that was it. So, so just like that, the results changed and suddenly the process was no good. You know, we were very pleased with the process. In fact, I think if anything, we thought that the process was like sort of toothless because we were like, yeah. and, and again, I mean, there's, this, this is not an uncommon way to feel, which is like, why the hell is Sam Bradford here at all? Why is he playing at all? And, and um, you know, as soon as, as soon as, like, we found out Wentz got hurt, it's like, why is Wentz playing at all? Right. You know, why? <laughs> and yeah, and right. so, I mean, I well, get Doug- it. It's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction, and, and my knee-jerk's the same as yours, but, like, ugh, God, come on.
1: Yeah. I mean, Doug's in two really, like, awful, um, double binds and, and you hear about them all the time. It's like his most popularized double binds. And the one is, and it, God help me. I believe I agree with Heath Evans when I heard him on the radio about this. One was like the, the hitting and practice, like the full contact practice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, I mean, it plays into the exact same thing. Um, you sort of say like, well, he's having full contact practice and people are getting hurt. Um, and so, okay, that's a bad result. You don't want people to get hurt um but then you look at Chip Kelly and you said Chip Kelly did no contact practice and everyone was soft and didn't know how to tackle and it's like okay that you know that seems like a narrative but also Chip Kelly's teams were terrible at tackling right so like maybe it's true like maybe we should try to do something different um and it's the same with Wentz right like you sort of say um we want to develop this player uh and you say oh God, like development, not in the NFL, like it's you can't practice. You can't learn like he's going to be he's going to miss a year. But well, you put him in and he's actually learning against NFL players and he gets hurt or doesn't perform very well or whatever. And like could have really been liked
0: it. I just want to add that everyone was really happy.
1: Yeah, everyone was super happy. And like, but it could have been either. It could have been like he could have sucked or he could have been hurt. And then all of a sudden we hate the results. And like either like both ways. And, and this is what's interesting about Doug Peterson to me. Is that every decision he's made so far, there is like, there's actually like no benefit in it for him. Like he's not he's not been a coach so far that's been able to make fun decisions or like decisions that make people like him or whatever. Right. Um, it's just all decisions where like regardless of the choice he makes, he just has to be really confident in his decision because everyone at like one hundred percent of the people will hate the decision, regardless of which decision it is.
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I sort of think that. Yeah, I mean, you're right on the money. I, I guess the only thing I'd really add is that uh, I feel like, as far as the decisions with Doug go, uh, there's this presumption that he's like some sort of like bumbling television neighbor, <laughs> like that he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're like, oh, I'm just uh, cooking some uh, cooking some pasta. Oh, you didn't leave the stove on, did you, Ed? Oh, what? <laughs> like, that kind of the thing. The house is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, like, oh, man, my wife kicked me out. Why? Oh, I left the stove on. I don't know. Anyway. It's like, <laughs> well,
1: it's like, it's like Gerald Ford in The Simpsons. Like,
0: uh, <laughs> Do you like nachos?
1: <laughs> Do you like football? Yeah, like, that's, I mean, you know, he's not, it, 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 it's the same thing. Like, it's like, people think, People think the, the Eagles had, like, these interviews and lost out on McAdoo and Coughlin and mm-hmm. Gase, and maybe they did, but it's not like they were like, well, fellas, we missed out of the three people uh, – and we missed out of three of the four people in the nation who could coach football. Yeah, We're going to have to go with Doug um because we're out like that's that's it that's the supplies the supplies are done and like to think like their interview was just like you (laughs) know
0: my dearest mildred i write you (laughs) supplies of coaches are running low i fear we shall not survive the winter sincerely george jeffrey
1: sorry about that dinging um (laughs) john edit that out um yeah yeah i mean it's 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 absurd like you know I've seen a lot of people say like the regime hired him to get a yes man or like they didn't listen to the interview or something like that. It's just like, you know, they heard something they liked and maybe it doesn't work. I mean, there's all sorts of coaches that are hired. Like Mark Tressman was a total wreck and yes. the Bears clearly heard something they liked. So whatever.
0: Like um, these things happen. Chip Kelly, he was, he was total, a total wreck. wreck yeah. yeah, and we, I and mean, even we liked him. But um yeah, right. But like, it, but it's not like I. I also all right. Just yeah. really no, quick. But you know what I'm saying? Go yeah. Ahead. The 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 presumption that there's like a yes man, like that's some nefarious thing. <laughs> like that's some nefarious <laughs> thing. Like evil evil Jeffrey Lurie can only be held in check by like a strong, confident <laughs> man at coach. And like since he's not, he's just there to not. Anyway, I don't know. It's like anyway but i think you're i, I really think...
1: i really like the idea of a coach holding an owner in check like yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know bill belichick always tells bob Kraft like which way the wind is blowing yeah like, like hey, man, bob craft you... comes down he's like i i can't like i can't spend any more money and bill belichick's like i'll tell you what to spend money
0: <laughs> i'll tell you what money you spend <laughs> um yeah i don't know and the, oh bob craft he's a great owner he always listens to his coach uh, anyway
1: um <laughs> i'm pretty sure he doesn't
0: so i i don't know and like I don't think I think for his part, Doug is not particularly good with the media. Um I don't no. think he's particularly like a compelling person. Uh when they show clips of no, interesting. No, he's not interesting and he's not like like I remember the flop sweat when he uh came out to be introduced as <laughs> coach and he was like like immediately he just like panicked and pointed to Jim Schwartz standing in the back of the room like <laughs> that that was not it. That, that was that not guy's like, coach. We got him, we got him, everybody. And he's like immediately brings out an extra large hanky and off <laughs> his brow, but anyway, like, yeah. And, and you know, shades of Zach Ertz, So I thought was going to pass out at his press conference. But, um, uh,
1: but it's like, we haven't learned anything from Bruce Arians, right? Like I, I learned something from Bruce Arians, which is that even if I don't like a person, even if I think he's like the most annoying vanilla jerk on the planet. Yeah. He can be a good coach. Like it's been three, four years. I don't know how many years he's been in Arizona. Yeah, but, I you know, uh,
0: I think it's fourth year.
1: Is it year four? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even I have to admit, like he's a good coach. He just like he coaches his players up pretty well. Like that's yeah, a
0: and and it's funny because we've we've heard people say different points. We've heard former players in particular. I, I listen to Ross Tucker every day, and he talks about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively, where he says that um, he really feels like a coach needs to be a leader of men, and that's what makes a good coach. You know, yeah. as opposed to anything else, you know, schematically or whatever. Like that stuff can come from anywhere, but the, that's like, interesting. The leader, yeah. the leader of men stuff that needs to come from the top. I I don't know if that's true. I mean, God, right? Like none of there's no one right way to do this. But like you certainly can't be like, well, this is if you're going to say this isn't the way that I like, you should be honest about it. And I think that that's something that I could probably do better with as well. You know, I wonder if that might just sum it up for me that that if you're going to say, I don't like this process, I prefer this other process, um, even though both have worked around the same amount, you know, just say that. Don't uh-huh. be like, look, yeah. it's all wrong. And then pick somebody out. Be like, I tell you, as a leader of men, Mike Singletary, like maybe, <laughs> you know, but yeah. th- that probably, in fact, is sort of what appealed to them about Mike Singletary. But, you know, I don't know if it ultimately worked out, but
1: uh, maybe he didn't do a good job of it. I mean, there's like there's a million things. It- it's funny because like you've said this before or we've talked about this before off air, but like it- there's a million things that can go wrong that we don't know about. Like there's a million things that can go wrong in the locker room or, like, around the locker room or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, you know, you want to say, like, well, you know, we've seen people who are strong leaders of men, like, fail or, like, tacticians succeed or whatever. And it's like, you don't know why they failed or succeeded. You simply see them for, like, three hours a week on the sidelines. Um, and most of the and time then they're, like, in, doing
0: something else or they're about to sneeze or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, Right. And then it's super choreographed. I mean, even, like, you know, one of the reasons I like Chip Kelly was because he, his press conferences didn't seem choreographed. But, of course, they were. Like, they were choreographed by him. They weren't actually straight talk. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, we like to— And it's like funny to...
0: because you have a guy who, who like, I, I guess— you know, putting a good spin on it. I don't know if I necessarily want to put a good spin on it, but you have a guy like Doug who doesn't choreograph his press conferences and they come across like something that isn't choreographed, you know, like maybe, yeah, right. like maybe if I were trying to dance, it might not come across that well. But it's the, it's like the, it's the right. same sort of way where it's just like, oh, this guy's like getting out there, speaking off the cuff. He's like confused. He has to think about things. He isn't just like – firing something off snipping at it he doesn't like think about like oh great what kind of crap am i gonna have to answer for this time he's just sort of like uh hadn't thought about it you know like that's probably yeah right because you don't really cop to not having thought about something
1: if you haven't well it's like i saw i saw somewhere it was one of the one of the many angry philly twitter accounts uh where they were saying it was actually i'm realizing it's not even someone i follow or follows me so i don't it doesn't even matter but the um they were like, they were like, you know what? Like they listed a bunch of stuff that Doug had quote unquote lied about. And they were like, I don't trust him on this either. And it was about the Tulloch signing. Oh. Like they, when he was like, when he was like, Tulloch's going to be the guy, like trying to be the guy. I don't know. Like they very, were like, you know very what? Very
0: noncommittal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I don't believe you, Doug. I don't believe you. And it's like thinking about it now, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's like a much more of an Occam's razor to say like, Doug just didn't know. And it was like, I, I, don't think, I don't think, reed beckham's gonna play yeah. on thursday and then, and then he plays and then on you, thursday but then it's if like, he
0: didn't know you're like oh great what else doesn't he know you know
1: yeah, yeah right he's sort of he's like one of those dudes who um it's like those uh those like um oh those like success confidence memes where like it's the guy with the big beard and he'll say like it'll be like you know like confidence is the best cologne or like Failing eight hundred times is the same as succeeding, or whatever. Right. Like it's
0: it's. Oh, the Chinese—they have the same word for successes or for failure as opportunity. Yeah, crisis or, is uh, crisis. Yeah,
1: crisis opportunity. Yeah, yeah. crisis opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but the but like you know, it's one of those things where it's like Doug basically uh, internalized the one where it's like confidence is like the most important thing you can ever have, and he's just like, well, I guess I have to give an answer to everything. <laughs> Yeah. Even even if the answer is I don't know, I haven't thought about it, or I guess, and like that's bad in press conferences, but probably it doesn't matter in the in the locker room. Yeah, like I yeah. can not yeah. imagine any it probably, much. probably
0: will. You know, but anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that sort of sums up our idea that like uh, people people hate the process. The process is sort of the seedy underbelly of sports, right? Yeah, or and, like
1: the, or it's 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 even like it's even less interesting than the CD Underbelly because I think I care about that. It's like the
0: the gears. Yeah, like, yeah, D- yeah.
1: David Foster Wallace's last novel was um, this novel called The Pale King, which is about uh, um, tax like people at the Internal Revenue Service. Um, okay. And just like about these boring, boring, boring jobs. Um, that's all it was about. It was just about these boring people and boring jobs. <laughs> um, and it's like it's very difficult to sell a thing like that. Um, unless you're, I mean, David Foster Wallace, of course, could have, but, um, you know, it's very difficult to sell that as interesting. Uh, and I think that's the thing with the process. Like you just basically get some people saying like, yeah, like we got all this data on these players and then you're excited and you're like, oh, well, do you know if it's going to work out? And the answer is always like, we'll have to see.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I guess, um, two more things to add to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. number one, we really hate when the process is sort of exposed. You know, we like really love oh, this yeah. kind of this kind of um, the kind of access that some of these guys give. When we really value it, but we also um, uh, we also just really hate when it's sort of like there, like, you know, somebody fell over and their skirt came up over their head or whatever, you know, like, like that's, you know, you just sort of look away. I don't know. Maybe that's a, it's a tasteless example, but um, you know, like, how dare you. <laughs> like, you know, this idea that like, this isn't, this is we're not supposed to be seeing this. this is, I guess either how the sausage is made uh, or whatever. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's
1: like politics, right?
0: Yeah. A little bit. And so, so, you know, exposing that is always like a, like whenever it inevitably gets exposed you know oh you know this guy uh guy x did thing y for like reason z and we'll be like reason z well i can name <laughs> i can name four reasons why that might not work and four reasons why it might and like what was he thinking you know like i don't know it probably had all the same thoughts that you did
1: like yeah and maybe more
0: yeah and so <laughs> um
1: well yeah and I, I actually uh we should probably wrap it up after this um because we've gone on pretty long yeah, um and
0: our, we, we gotta stay tuned folks we got take of the week coming up
1: yeah, that's right. Um, but I'll say this, and then we can shift to take of the week and 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 uh, and wrap it up. But the, um, you know, I think it's true that like unless you have something bad after, but I, I think it's true that like, you know, people hate when it's exposed because it seems so simple and stupid. Um, but they also hate they also hate when like you're forced to think about how arbitrary this all is. Mm-hmm. Like it's so mm-hmm. arbitrary to think like, you know, the reason these lists are made at the beginning of the year, the reason like people are drafting. Jared Goff number one instead of Dak Prescott is because Jared Goff carries with him a certain confidence level where it's like, I'm pretty sure this guy's not going to bust. And Dak Prescott does not. Right. And like, you just have to say like, look, it carries this confidence level. I have no idea if it's going to work. I'm guessing. And like every single GM in the league is just guessing there's no good, like there's no answer you're ever going to get where it's like, I know 100% like, you know, and, and we keep getting these things to try to do it, like Spark or any of the various PFF stuff. Um, and it's interesting, but it's not ever actually going to like. There's there's a lot going on with yeah, the Yeah, there's, there's
0: not just there's not one number. There's not one right, right way to do things. People, no, people all have all their reasons, but I and like
1: know. it's all random. I mean, like maybe maybe like you know you start thinking people have worked it out, like Bill Belichick or whatever. But even those guys end up failing eventually when they like. When the world passes them by, or whatever, And maybe yeah. Belichick's the one guy who won't. Maybe he's the next, uh, whatever. Like, you know, uh, I don't know. I Chuck don't know. Noah, I don't whatever. know. Yeah. Yeah. But like, probably not. Or if he is, then he's one once in a
0: generation, and none of our teams have him. So like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you can only just hope to sort of hang with it. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that right. pretty much sums it up. All right. So last week we only did one bad take of the week. Uh, I thought this week we might transition to. Um, trying to do more than one take of the week so we, All each, right, pick, great. we each pick a take and we sort of uh, assess it and like I said before this is not a call out show necessarily but um, so I guess I don't know do we even want to give attribution well we're, we're going to give attribution so we have
1: to give attribution yeah but
0: um, otherwise but this isn't this played. isn't
1: an insult either well I mean unless you take it that way I guess it
0: and if you do take it this way look you know where I live
1: <laughs> Um, just yeah just give my address
0: yeah, sorry. <laughs> no i'll give him james's address um, i live
1: at john barchard <laughs> at... <laughs> uh,
0: i know yeah um but uh, no look if you do take it that way come on the show and talk to us about it talk to us about how you feel if you have anything to add besides your article so anyway so i think my take of the week is going to be um uh mike sealski the uh extra stangle he um Wrote an article mm, nice. of, yeah he wrote an article about um, <laughs> about how the the Dorial Green Beckham trade just goes to show how um, the Eagles uh, sorry how Sam Bradford was right to want out of the Eagles and I sort of thought okay. that that was um, just uh, a little much for me. Uh, so I guess the case he was trying to make was basically that, you know, the Doriel Green-Beckham trade shows that the Eagles don't have a guiding philosophy. Um, I don't see how that really says that, uh, that, that shows that, or may, I guess maybe that the guiding philosophy is no good. Um, either way, uh, yeah. and, so, and so that um, Sam Bradford was in some way prescient with his uh, short-lived attempt to get traded from the Eagles, which lasted, was it four days? And, that was a
1: really good one. I liked, I liked that attempt a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it didn't work, and, and it wasn't going to work. Do what but, he want, yeah. yeah. But, the, you know, the, his idea that, like, all right, so they, they signed Chase Daniel. They traded up to number two to draft Carson Wentz. And in that intermittent time period, Sam Bradford was like, man, I really need some time to process this. And I think that that's fine. I think that if he needs yeah, to take some time to process it, like I need a lot of time to process things because I'm not very smart. So you know, <laughs> when I heard that, when when I heard that he needed, like he took, he like took a little bit of a vacation. Maybe he cleared his head. He came back. He had a different outlook. Maybe it was a little more defeated. He certainly seems like kind of defeated, but also like a lot more relaxed during these interviews than I think than he used to uh, be. But anyway, I don't know. I'm not yeah, a, sure. I'm not I mean, a, it's I'm not, not a, like there's
1: not. Go ahead. He's gone from like the expectation of greatness to the expectation of nothing right. which is horrible I mean, it's like devastating in a certain way but it's also very freeing
0: yeah and so i think we're sort of seeing that but we're both anyway.
1: failures on this show we know how he feels
0: <laughs> i guess i'm getting i guess i'm getting a little far afield but the uh the idea is that um you know sam bradford he had some reasons that he wanted to be traded and um some of the reasons were very simple and clear mm-hmm. which is um that there was a guy who was here to take his job not necessarily this year but definitely next year and possibly this year although probably not this year right wink uh I don't know but um you know I really
1: don't think he's gonna play many downs this year
0: I don't know I if you told me if you gave me money to bet on it I probably would but anyway
1: um I bet zero I I'm I'm like I'm, I'm assuming Vegas also has the low like that's a pretty bad line at Vegas, okay. so I'm gonna take it. That's my luck of the week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Trevor's luck of the week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that uh, is a big shoe.
0: <laughs> so uh, a lot of Simpsons references in this show. Yeah, the Simpsons and sports show. So, um, uh, all right. So, so anyway, so Bradford had his reasons for why he wanted to be gone, and suddenly, Sielski just goes and puts a bunch of words in his mouth. He says a bunch of stuff, and it's all sort of an excuse to be like, all right, look, uh, the Doriel Green-Beckham trade is like – it feels like they're flailing, and, like, I can understand why Sam Bradford didn't want to be on a team that was flailing. And right. I don't know. I just – to me, I felt like – first of all, this didn't seem like that was that big of a flail because, like, this is not them. They didn't throw a haymaker here. I mean, this was not whatever the highest pick that they could get rid of. They did not ship that out. They, picked, they shipped out Dennis Kelly, who was a uh, backup player playing on a rookie contract. So, you know, yeah, in the it's... final year of his rookie contract and like not a particularly skilled backup. Um, so, you know, this is this was not like they really paid a lot of, a lot for him. And, and like also, I don't I don't really know if like this was part of some some bigger picture thing that I'm just missing or if it was just sort of another in like a sort of meh offseason, you know, who, the crown jewel of which was Carson Wentz. But either way, I thought it was funny to be like, you know what Sam Bradford was probably mad about. The fact that they would getting consider... a receiver. Yeah, the fact that they would consider trading for Doriel Green Beckham. And you know what? He was right to be mad about that. And like, uh, so, Sam
1: Bradford was really upset that they got a guy who is pretty bad at pass protection out and got a receiver who could conceivably be a red zone threat in. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and
0: can try to, I would be mad. Yeah. I'm I mad. want the
1: guy who can't defend me.
0: I'm mad just thinking about it. So, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I like getting blitzed and yeah. I hate throwing touchdowns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i just thought that that was that was like that was like <laughs> it's it a stretch a of, it checked a lot of boxes for me you know you put something in your mouth you made some like grand sort of bland pronouncement about a team and you kind of dressed it up all in like you know a little bit of a morality play so i don't know mm-hmm. S- sealski not sorry buddy not with you
1: so my my take of the week this week is um is friend of the podcast or a friend of the sort of larger idea of the podcast. I've never really talked to him. So I, I hope we're not, not friends now. Uh, but, uh, Andrew Porter, um, who wrote at, uh, CBS Philly, a column called what I would have done this off season as Eagles GM. Um, and then doubled down on it, uh, double down on it by like, uh, going on Twitter and saying like, how could you ever argue that my ideas would have been worse than, uh, Roseman's. Um, and I didn't like this for two reasons. Uh, The one that it started out with the, with the, uh, well, no brainer um, (laughs) where it's like, I really like the signings of Rodney McLeod and Brandon Brooks, which are really canny signings that (laughs) Roseman got very good contracts on. And like that sort of throwing out the side is a very, uh, I think, typical of criticisms of Roseman where it's like, well, he's had really good players to really great contracts and what else did he do for me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's he done lately?
1: Yeah, uh, come on, guys. Um, but Porter's, Porter's uh, uh, moves he would have done were cut Jason Peters, which I don't think makes a lot of sense, um, on a line that we already understand was depleted before Lane Johnson's uh, suspension, and this was written after Lane Johnson's suspension, uh, not sign Chase Daniel, which we all understand is a... You know we've gone through that deal a million times, uh, and it's nothing. Uh, trade Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, who already are upsetting the, the Dolphins. And this is my this is my favorite one. Traded and drafted Carson Wentz, which of course like anyone at this point is going to say they wouldn't have done it, right? Because like I don't know, it's really easy to say you wouldn't give up picks for a player.
2: Yeah.
1: But this is the 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 argument here is that. So to quote, I really do like Wentz. He's a smart, dynamic athlete at the quarterback position who has all the tools. Um, but so is Paxton Lynch. Yeah. In fact, Lynch's profile is actually more impressive than Wentz's. Lynch is bigger than Wentz. Oh, he's 6'7", 245, and Wentz is only 6'6", 235. Younger than Wentz, because quarterback age is super important, um, unless they're branded Whedon, uh, uh-huh. and put up a significantly better collegiate stats against much better competition, no mention of the spread offense, no mention of the fact that Wentz is coming from a much more pro-ready system uh, as a junior. I, I think,
0: I think the, best, the best part about that whole paragraph was, uh, in just eight more games, he threw 2,000 more yards. That was what that was what was unsaid. He was like, Wentz missed a lot of time last year, Paxton Lynch didn't, and as a result, he threw 3,700 yards instead of 1,600 yeah. yards or whatever. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like, I like also this, this, this part's really good where he, he does that. And then he goes, um, Wentz is a senior at North Dakota state missed eight games. And then in parentheses, his team went eight. No over that two month span. Do, <laughs> and Ruffer, do they even like, need him? It's like, okay. So they're really good in their division. It doesn't really like, yeah, I don't, I'm not looking at team wins for, I'm not a QB wins guy. Um, and then, then he gives the preseason debuts, uh, for each of them. Uh, and then, you know, they say, like, they could have stayed at 13 and selected a comparable, potentially better prospect in Lynch. And it's, oh, and then he says you shouldn't have signed Ruben Randall and you should have signed Prince of Mookamara, um, which, you know, love what they're building down there in the in uh, Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I guess but I could see maybe the... on Mookamara and Reuben Randall is like nothing. He's like a blip on the radar.
1: Yeah, he's, well, you, you take a chance on him and if he doesn't work, you cut him.
0: it doesn't matter
1: um but i just like i can't get over this idea that like somehow somehow there's like so
0: let's let's um here before we start um so i want to make it clear that like each of these individual takes is like pretty laughable but i think that the take the whole central take is that if i were gm we would be the best yeah right that that is the thesis of this article that is why he bothered to write and that's the thing like if yeah, if people
1: continue. and I, and this is like this is yeah I mean that's the central sort of issue I have with Porter's article here and it's not an issue with Porter himself again this isn't like like you say it's not a call out show I'm not mad at Andrew Porter um but sort of my my annoyance there is that like please don't call know, in yeah please please never call in um but the you know all of these individual takes you can dislike Carson once you can like Paxton some more I don't care like we just disagree whatever um but the the idea that like somehow these were moves that the GM should have made like no-brainer moves that Andrew Porter saw and Howie Roseman didn't is silly and the Lynch part versus Wentz is like the absolute silliest part because it, it assumes that like somehow by looking at college box scores and a couple of games here and there and you know, I would challenge the idea that anyone actually watched like more than two Memphis games who wasn't like a well, huge one Memphis of the, fan. One of them
0: was the Temple game
1: yeah, right. And so, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's and, and it's like, okay, like, listen, uh, you know, the, you look at college box scores and a couple hours of game tape, the assumption that, like, now you have a better idea of who Paxton Lynch and Carson Wentz are than these people who are paid, literally, to sit down and watch all the game tape, and owners say, like, listen, if you screw this up, I'm going to lose millions of dollars, and so, so do screw this up, yeah. you will be fired. Like, and, and like I like sitting at home, I'm like, you know what? I think I figured it out. I think these guys are worse than these other guys. And the GM's an idiot. <laughs> it's like, there's just no way. Like, it's just, it's absurd.
0: How self-indulgent is it to write an article that was like, look, if I had a better job, everything would be better. It's like, um, uh, you ever, you ever see the movie, you ever see the movie our Idiocracy? Sure. Yeah. 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 So you know, like, I always sort of laugh at that movie because I guess the unspoken uh, kind of thing, and, and what I think really resonates with so many people who really love that movie is that, like, look, if I don't get to have more sex soon, the world is going to really go to crap. And uh, I right, always, yeah. I, I always sort of like <laughs> enjoyed that idea of just being somebody watching the movie and being like, God, I'm so mad that people that are dumber than me get to have sex and I don't. So like, I think this is well, kind like, of this is kind of that same thing where it's like, man, it's like I, to reference yeah yeah it's like to
1: reference the simpsons again it's
0: just it's just
1: like what homer's on the couch and goes everyone's stupid but, but me. me
0: right yeah and so yeah uh i don't know um who whose take do you think is worse
1: sealski's <sighs> i think sealski's take is worse
0: yeah okay <laughs> all right mike i got some bad news for you buddy we are banishing you to an afternoon at the post office. Ooh, the courtesy. post office. I yeah.
1: hate going to the post office. Don't you hate going to the post office? I hate bad, going to the post office.
0: Bad, bad news, Mike Sealski. You are headed to the post office courtesy of Stamps.com.
1: But you know what? He doesn't have to go there for long if Stamps.com is coming with him because if Stamps.com, you can print your own stamps at home.
0: Yeah. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the little radio icon, and enter in promo code PHONES. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you will get no discount. You will get but, no
0: discount. It may be an error.
1: I'm pretty sure you'll still get the free scale. Uh, I think that's something they do even if you don't have the promo code. So stamps.com. Um,
0: promo code phones.
1: Yeah. And actually, you know what? Uh, Mike sealski will not have to stay at the post office long anyway because I'm sure after all the dust clears, uh, Pat Egan will be at the post office uh, just forever.
0: Oh, you know what? Um, I just checked promo code phones works for some reason. Oh, good. So, promo code phones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stamps.com.
0: Uh, <laughs> Stamps. A better way to ship. <laughs> um, uh, you want to do some final thoughts? Uh, sure. Actually, um, you go first. All right. Uh, I remember what I wanted to say earlier. Uh, I think that um, the thing that really is funny to me about, about the um, – about this process results equals process you know squiggly equals process uh, mm. thing that we see is that we are not privy to so much of the process you know we get these little sound bites from coaches and we sort of cross our fingers and hope that they're honest you know we get like little tricklings out of like one thing or another from some right. disgruntled guy or some guys reading between the lines or you know even if it's the God's honest truth like it's not the whole thing somebody's not gonna sit down with you and recount the entirety of what everyone was thinking during well, that's the... why
1: they have non-disclosure agreements. well
0: no and just in general like if I if you were to ask me to tell you even if I knew and was in the room the entire time what Jeff Laurie and Howie Roseman were thinking when they hired Doug, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to capture every single thing that went into that decision. And, you know, and I mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't hope to, but, but I think that the thing that really uh, gets me a lot is that when you hear these like little tricklings out, like rumors and, and stuff like that uh, about, um, and I think in particular, we talk about this, we talk about like player personalities, you know, who they are as a person, who they are as a man, who they are as a, uh, you know, off the field, uh, who they are is not necessarily like a, a football player, but as an employee. Um, I think that, you know, you hear these tricklings and a lot of times, you, or sometimes you even don't, but uh, p- people aren't privy to that at all. And I would say that that would be probably, when talking about evaluating a person, that would probably be the most important thing when you're evaluating somebody as a player. You know, you sort of take a look at this guy and you go like, good Lord, I don't want to spend another second in a room with this guy. And guess what? You're not <laughs> drafting that guy. And I bet this happens like a lot more than you'd think. So, um I don't really know like who's to blame or like if anyone's to blame and, and really all we're, we're left in the dark kind of by design. Cause you know, God knows the players aren't going to, the the team isn't going to come out and be like, look, 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 I know you all liked uh, Paxton Lynch, but you know, he is, um, he's got like this terrible addiction to buying fur coats and I couldn't <laughs> possibly stand it or, you know, whatever. So, you know, some like something like they're not going to come out and say that and be like, so please leave us alone about it. All they can do is sort of just move on from a guy and, and have the confidence to know that they were right, that they did not want to work with that guy, that they didn't feel like they could right. work with that guy. And uh, like I said, that's all sort of invisible to us. So um, we sort of fill in the gaps, but I, I i tend to think that if we find a gap and we can't fill it in, that something like that is the reason why. All right, you go.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's actually funny because you said that about um, uh, not liking the people. What There was a, a period of time where we were hiring a new professor, um at the at, at uic where I, I did my graduate work and um they uh <laughs> one of my professors was sort of asking me like why i didn't ask more questions during their talk uh sort of grill them a little bit and i said like listen like i thought you'd want to ask the questions you're gonna have to share space with them for a while <laughs> and i think that actually like means something to people and yeah. it should like. You know, they could be the smartest people in the world, but if they're horrible to work with, you wouldn't hire them.
0: Yeah, um, they could be super talented, but if you don't think that you want to coach them, I mean, if you think that this guy's yeah. just a total dirtbag and he's just going to show up to practice with, you know, a bunch of people or whatever, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think even if, like, you, you
1: sort of ran into someone and you're just like, gosh, this guy and I really, really, really clash, and I'm the coach and he's a player, like, they could be really nice, but, like, we just don't get along we can't have there's no common ground i'd be worried taking him like as like a fifth round pick like as the number five pick or whatever yeah maybe in like the sixth round it'd be like yeah maybe it could work out who knows yeah but like that high it's like i need someone who i like on some level um but anyway my my final thought is basically i think i think like what kind of kills me about the process versus results thing what's what's sort of come to me over this episode um is that uh, it really is about the arrogance of the whole thing. Uh, this idea that um, everyone can't see what's going on except you. Um, and it, this is something that shows up a lot. There's a, there's a, a particular brand of communism that I find kind of repellent called situational or I'm sorry, the situationists uh, where I don't know what they would be called. Situationism. Uh, but Guy Debord is, is sort of like the main guy and he writes. Sure. Some interesting sure stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Sure. Everyone knows. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go over it a little bit. Everyone knows though, uh, but he writes some good stuff. I mean like there's nothing wrong with him, but one of the, the tenant that really rubs me the wrong way is that everything's ideology in the world. And, um, the situationists can kind of like work out what is and what isn't ideology in media, like where, where capitalism is like totally re- like controlling our minds. Like, a, a, a you know, not exactly right, but it's like, they live, right. You put on the glasses and you see like the big billboards that say procreate and, uh, whatever.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you've seen, they live, right?
0: Uh, no, but I have heard it described enough.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you put yeah. on the glasses and you see like, you know, procreate and spend money. Um this is the situationist idea there but the problem with it for me is like what makes you so smart that you would see it and I wouldn't. Or right, what, right. what makes you so smart that you would see it and other people wouldn't. Right. Um and it's the same thing with football. Like what makes you so smart that your mock draft is the God's honest truth as opposed to the people who actually have to deal with it all day. Like let alone like some random person on the internet. You both could be right on some level unless you have some sort of method methodology to it that you know you could defend. But, I mean, a GM, someone who actually has to do this with their job, I mean, I, I just can't – I can't imagine the arrogance that goes into thinking, like, you know what? I got it. Like, I know exactly what's going on
0: here. Well, they can rest assured knowing that they'll learn from their mistakes. Right. That's true.
1: And you know what? That's a great place to leave off. Folks, everyone in the audience, learn from your mistakes.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that'll do it for episode two of Don't Go to the Phones. This one's a little all longer. Right. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, apologies to all the callers. We're all out of time. Oh, uh, gosh.
1: And the phones are lighting up. But you uh, know what? Uh, stay on the line. Uh, we have extra promo codes uh, for various other uh, uh, important podcasts.
0: Casper.com. They're
1: all here. Yeah. So. Um, Adam and Eve.com for uh, <laughs> for any of the things you might need that what we do can't you mention on air. To? Right. <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh,
0: I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. We have like a catchphrase or something?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't think we should come up with it right now. If we do, it's gonna be really bad. If we... <laughs>
0: like, oh. The phones.
2: <laughs>
1: the phones. Welcome to welcome to don't go to the phones. We are ringing for you. <laughs> <laughs>